This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon and glad to be back with you. Uh, summer has brought vacations, all sorts of stuff. Justin, you went on vacation. The market tanked while you were gone. So I got to ask, what button did you hit? And can you go back and undo it so that we can return to some level of normalcy here? No, I didn't do anything. I came back from vacation asking everyone what they did. So I, I didn't have a button to hit. I was on a cruise ship. so We broke something. Yeah, clearly. We broke something, that's for sure. So, yeah, obviously, if you are... Uh, Cognizant at all of what's going on, obviously, we've had a pretty hard couple weeks uh, sort of culminating culminating in Friday and Saturday where, uh, it, man, it brought all the people out of the woodwork, right? We had people calling for Bitcoin down to 5K and, you know, Ethereum was going to be sold at the dollar store, you know, whatever. I mean, it, you know, it was just it was <laughs> unreal. And those kind of those kind of like straight vertical drops just I mean, everybody yeah. wants to get out and just beat on Bitcoin and beat on crypto. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get in. Um, so I'm excited about this. Uh, we are going to start a new, call it a new format, uh, a new way of doing uh, sort of a weekly show. Uh, we are still want to be committed to education, good information, uh, good understanding about the market, um, about these assets, building conviction, our building conviction series with Bitcoin. We've got a building conviction series going with Ethereum and we plan to continue doing stuff like that, um, but, but sort of want to, to have sort of a, a better weekly uh, rhythm of digestible information um, and sort of focus on uh, maybe the learning side, the building side, the growing side, kind of in its own in its own series, and those will be sort of their own episodes. Um, so excited to start that uh, tonight or today. Um, want to start with, obviously, just a, a market update, uh, sort of what's going on. Uh, what are the things that we think you need to know, the things that are of most interest to us? And I'll start out by saying kind of a, a point of uh, slight irritation uh, minus the slight part. I mean, you know, from late shows to the media to news to Twitter, I mean, everybody, like I alluded to at the, the open, just wants to beat on Bitcoin, beat on crypto. And yeah, crypto is down, but like so is everything else. Yeah. Um, equities are down. I mean, Apple's down 30% or had gone down 30%, right? Like most profitable company in the world. So everything is down. Um, a big event of last week, Justin, that we, we covered a lot on Discord uh, with the Discord group was the fact that the Fed had their monthly FOMC meeting where they basically announced mm -hmm. how much they're raising rates and then sort of what their plans were. And that really had, in sort of the economic financial market world, kind of had everybody's attention. And so, you know, the Fed came out, they said they're going to continue raising rates through the end of the year. Not a huge surprise. Um, and to be honest, they don't really have a lot of options. So that's complicated. We won't dive into that uh, again right now. Um, but the point is, for the foreseeable future, um, we may bounce up and down a little bit, but... Um, this this ship is not going to fully turn around. We're not going to fully resume a bull market here anytime soon. So, want to make good decisions, not freak out, 
uh, not be over leveraged. Um, but anyway, that's kind of where we are. Uh, and I think last market update point for me, I just I, like I want people to understand and, and be able to sort of read between different sectors that, you know, the crypto market, especially your your smaller stuff, really your non-Bitcoin, your non-Ethereum stuff. I mean, altcoins are going to continue to outperform Bitcoin in a negative direction. Um, we expect further volatility to the downside, even though we have seen a little bit of a relief pump up. And um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but basically, like if equity markets are down, we're not expecting Bitcoin and, and crypto to go to go up, to go the other way. Yep. Maybe that happens one day. That's This is not the season for that. So again, if equity markets are down, and don't, don't I don't mean like on a 15-minute basis or a day basis. I mean like over the course of, of a week or two weeks. We're not going to see um, Bitcoin at least decouple, kind of be your magic word, from the stock markets. Um, everything's going to be a little bit rocky for a little bit longer. So Justin, you know, obviously I take a little bit more of a higher level macro view of the markets. Um, a lot of things I watch, there are some things you watch very closely and we have been dreaming of a few opportunities. <laughs> so uh, I'll turn it over to you to talk about some of the, uh, some of the cool things in one sense, the cool things that happened over the yeah. last week. Yeah. I think some just general observations. Um, I know that, like, I think it was in January and February, uh, in our Discord group, we started talking about um, potential like scenarios, you know, for okay, bearish scenarios. Like, what's kind of like a a medium bearish scenario, and then like what's a very bearish scenario for some price targets on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. Um, and I guess like the good, I guess you could say a good thing is, um, you know, we were targeting this thirty dollar and fifty dollar level on Solana. Um, twenty thousand to twenty five thousand dollar Bitcoin, and then um, the major targets for Ethereum we were looking at was like fourteen hundred and seventeen hundred. So um, it was nice to feel like we were at least a little bit ahead of that, and kind of like preparing for what do we want to do in those scenarios. But I think one of the things that has happened, I guess, a little more unexpectedly, is just at how quickly we got there. Because I know originally I was I was thinking we'd be looking at like September, um, October, uh, and you know, whatever it's crypto things happen sometimes slower than we want them to. <laughs> and sometimes they happen faster. Um, so I would say overall these sell-offs that we've had over the last three or four weeks, um, have been very steep. As a matter of fact, even if you're looking at, at Bitcoin from like a, a charting standpoint, um, it's, this has been one of the most aggressive sell-offs, in, in Bitcoin's history, um, just that just means how quickly the price has dropped. Um, and to me, you know, it's a, it's a huge reflection of kind of like what you were you were talking about. The whole market is just like global financial markets are kind of shaky right now. Um, and you know, because crypto is is a more risky asset, you know, those things are going to drop further and faster. So, um, but overall. I'm really excited about you know the the prices that we're seeing right now from at least a buyer's opportunity, um, you know, and we'll we'll touch on that a few times. But really, it's not fun riding it all the way down. But what is what is fun is getting a good entry and, and being able to dollar cost average, you know, into 
an aggressive bull mar or bear market like this. So one of the things I was going to say on that, uh, as far as like um, why things kind of cascaded the way they did, obviously there's a, there's a number of reasons, but I think one of the, one of the big ones that was very evident is um, larger, uh, there's there's been several large exchanges that um, basically they're they were holding leverage on Bitcoin and, and Ethereum, and what happens is when the price drops um, to certain levels, they're basically forced to sell. They're liquidated and they lose those assets. And a lot of times, what can happen is it's almost like a snowball effect with crypto, um, where you know, your Bitcoin, if it hits a certain price level, it's almost guaranteed to quickly go down a lot lower because of the way that those liquidations happen. Um, that's, I guess, like a snowball is, is a good analogy there. But um, one of the big things that I'm looking for now is just kind of, I want to see like a bottom start to form on some of these charts. Um, usually in the crypto bear markets, these bottoms take a pretty long time to form um, and it's usually like a almost like a bowl right it's like a really low rounded um, rounded curve on the bottom uh, if you're looking at the price charts and really like the that rounded bottom it may be starting right now it's really hard to tell like when when you're in it usually you don't recognize it until you're towards the end of it or at least coming out of it so um, yeah, I think once the once the rounded bottom starts forming, that's when it becomes a lot easier to kind of like say, okay, this is where I want to buy uh, with my next like chunk of money. Let's say if you've got some sitting on the sidelines, you can usually start to identify like what are the good areas to to take a position. Yeah, for sure. Listening to you, <clears throat> I almost think we should maybe consider instead of bear market, call a bull market. Yeah, <laughs> um, which would be very confusing between bull market and bull market. So anyway, that would be fun to uh, differentiate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's it was kind of weird. We, Justin, we were talking about you know, I mean, price. You don't see, like you said, you don't see price move that much that fast, especially on Bitcoin. I mean, um, it, it was. I was not panicked. I did not feel a lot of stress. But yeah. I was also sort of in a bit of disbelief just because, um, I mean, even in the summer when it would drop last year, it, it didn't, there, there was some, you felt like there was some support underneath of it. And this time it was just like, man, we just, we just yeah. fell right through the all time high of 2017 and, and like, oh no, are we going to keep falling? <laughs> Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was trying. It's like trying to figure out. It's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think this, the, a Fed announcement is causing all of this. Uh, the liquidations, like you said, and again, just being aware. Justin, that was helpful about like what's going on in the markets and in market factors. Um, mm -hmm. It's not simply people saying, "I don't like Bitcoin anymore. I don't think it's worth anything." A lot of people were forced to sell, or that their positions were closed for them. Um, and that's why we kind of want to keep a level a level head during these kind of events, and and like you said, be ready, be ready, and be yeah. poised to act. And uh, hopefully, I think I think our Discord at least was set up really well uh, to know you know kind of where we were wanting to you know pull the trigger. Um, 
there, there is uh, not a shortage of news. Uh, there's not a shortage of headlines. Like I said, everybody <laughs> wants to take a swing at the pinata that is crypto and Bitcoin and all that. And again, some of that is well-deserved, uh, especially on some of the, the more garbage stuff in the crypto world. And I'll take a few swings as well. But we want to, I guess, focus on what... Justin, like what, what, what news or what information, what event sort of has our attention? So this is something that we're seeing sort of rise above the the smoke, kind of rise above the fray, and, and and we go, hey, like that's that's actually a really big deal, and we want to sort of differentiate that from all the other pieces. So from the last you know week or so, what really has your attention that you want to highlight? Yeah, one of the biggest things I kind of alluded to it already. Um, and just talking about these forced liquidations a second ago. Um, but one of the biggest things to me was seeing major, a, a lot of like um, negative news around like major exchanges, um, major lending platforms. One of them is Celsius. So uh, about, I don't remember what day it was, I think around a week ago, Celsius locked all of their customers' accounts. Um, uh, and they couldn't withdraw anything. Uh, any assets couldn't, I don't even think you could actually trade either. They just locked down everything. Um, and the reason they did that is they were basically uh, in a position where if the price of Bitcoin had continued to drop at a certain velocity, they would have been in debt. And, and basically, <laughs> because of the way their borrowing and lending works, they would not have had enough money for everyone to basically remove from their accounts. Um, so if you had Bitcoin on their platform or USD or Ethereum, whatever it is, um, your assets essentially weren't safe. Um, and there's like that unlocks a whole world of discussion that, you know, we'll get into in a little bit, but, um, I don't remember in the last, you know, I guess I've been in crypto for four or five years. Like that's one of the major stories or at least the major events where I was like, okay, my radar went up and it was like that, that's a pretty big deal because Celsius, it's not like it was this little, you know, crappy exchange in the background that no one uses, right? Celsius had a, a pretty um, big footprint in the crypto space. They had a lot of, have a lot of money on their platform. Um, and they're currently working, I, I know they're working with the SEC to try to like navigate this process. Um, but it's, it's definitely a hot topic right now that I'm paying close attention to. The, um, the other side of that is, um, you know, just having an awareness of, you know, just cause, a, you know, a company or a crypto lending platform says, yeah, we're going to offer you 15% on this asset. Um, it doesn't mean your assets are safe, right? There's a, there's always risk that's being carried over there. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because, I mean, you know, there are platforms, exchanges that we recommend that we use. And, you know, you want to assume a certain level of safety, security, and, and, and to a large extent, um, I think you know, there is, they are trustworthy. Um, there's a difference between uh, some vulnerabilities and like a scam. Obviously that's not what we're talking yeah. about, but, but yeah, I mean, there were some people, uh, there were some people, there was some sweating going on in the last seven to 10 days. And, 
Um, I I know, you know, like you said, Justin, with Celsius, like it's not just, if you will, the people that had money on their platforms. There's also further even downstream ramifications of that. I mean, I know that, for instance, BlockFi, I don't know exactly the way this this worked, but BlockFi had to liquidate positions either with 3AC or with Celsius. 3AC was sort of a separate but connected situation. Um, they actually, and, and they were able to do so without causing too much ruckus. And again, I, getting into some of these situations, it gets a little bit hairy and complicated, but the yeah. point is, you know, thankfully it seems like the worst case scenario was avoided. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the core four of our investing principles is you have to protect the asset. And if you lose your assets on a platform, they are not protected. So we'll actually talk a little bit at the end about about a, a very specific recommendation we have for protecting your assets that would that would keep you safe in the event that a platform like Celsius got liquidated and your funds were were gone. So I I think it's even just helpful understanding like that is within the range of outcomes. Um, I hate that it's within the range of outcomes, but but Justin, yeah. it's within the range of outcomes. For sure. Um, I think on my on my side, um, this isn't this isn't new, but something I'm hearing a lot more that I wasn't hearing six months ago and twelve months ago. Um, so two scenarios. So first of all, um, I joined uh, a Twitter Spaces call or whatever it is with. Um, I mean, there are some major investors. There's some venture capitalists. There are some you know, uh, market analysts, um, people that, you know, study all that stuff. There's some, some high ranking executives on this call. It's and some people that are kind of a pretty big deal. They know what they're talking about. And it was interesting how, how much those people were differentiating very clearly their thoughts about Bitcoin separate from crypto. Mm. Um, and basically, from like a uh, their their level of confidence, really more so demonstrating both the maturity of Bitcoin, like how long it's been around, how large the network is, but also specifically it's Bitcoin's value prop, right? Which we just recorded a three part series on. So it was really interesting to hear just people from a different side of the investment space talking about crypto. Um, talking about, and, and, and it's not like they were against Ethereum, right? They weren't against these other things. It was just acknowledging where we are in the space, where we are in the timing. But but the fact that Bitcoin was was invented to solve the problems we're facing, right? Second scenario uh, that echoes the same point, and Justin, I shared this with you Um there is a lady who is a investor. She's a writer. She covers markets. Um, seems to be, from what I can tell, a pretty conservative investor. Um, kind of like a, you know likes to invest in stocks that have you know four, five, six percent dividends. That kind of investing. She did this this Twitter thread. She's a verified person, so she's like a legitimate person. <laughs> but she said this. She said talking about Bitcoin. She said something that can survive eight separate 50% corrections or more, 50% or higher corrections with no government or private bailout 
and continues to exist and, and goes to new all-time highs each time after that, she says that is something that needs to be studied. Then she said it was very interesting to me. I was very happy to read this. She said to equate crypto with Bitcoin is to misunderstand both of them. And I was just like, oh, man, I feel seen. I feel heard. <laughs> like she is one of my people or I'm one of her people maybe. Um because that was one of our big points in that Bitcoin series is that Bitcoin is crypto, but crypto is not Bitcoin. Or I forget now. It was exactly actually like the, the title. The I think that's what we called it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the point. The point was that there is something unique about Bitcoin that is not true for the rest of crypto. And so I, again, my what's got my attention is like. I mean, I, I've been called a boomer, right, for holding Bitcoin, for talking about Bitcoin, because it, it, it sort of lost its sexiness to all these altcoins that are going 1,000x over a, you know, a month or something like that. So it's been very interesting to see the market maybe, say, recalibrate to actually go, okay, right? We talked about last time the difference between vintage and garbage, um, and to go, okay, there is a network here with actual value that solves a real actual problem in a way that no other solution. Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention now. Um, and so, you know, not, not just trying to like pat us, hopefully all of us, meaning everyone listening to this on the back, you know, cause we, that's something we've gotten right. But like, it's just interesting to hear people from very different sides of this sector and different sectors beginning to echo the same sentiment or maybe i'm the one you know we're the ones jumping on it late i don't know whatever we're saying the same thing and that's that's been really 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 cool all right so justin looking ahead looking ahead um further than just sort of a, a couple weeks or so um it seems crazy, but we, we talked about, you know, the bear market is the greatest opportunity in crypto. The bear market, the bull market, if you will. Um, it's not fun. It is not fun. Um, in fact, if you're listening to this, like, you you enjoy some level of pain, right? Like, it, the bear market <laughs> is not fun. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're, like, shorting everything um, from the top. You could make it fun, though, I guess. But. <laughs> That's stressful that. to me. That is not fun. <laughs> but uh, no. But yeah, what? Yeah, how are how are you? I guess how are you processing that? Because it's it's one thing to talk about the bear market when we're not here, but we are we are here. This is the bear market. Yep. We are in the heart of the bear market. Uh, so Justin, talk to us a little bit about how you're processing that and what some of the things that you're looking for uh, given our current situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah, the so I think the encouraging thing is um, even though like I don't know if we just if we just saw the bottom like if if Bitcoin hitting what did it hit like seventeen thousand five hundred or something like that I don't know if that was the bottom yeah um, and and I honestly I don't really I don't really care if that was the bottom but what I do have a pretty I guess you could say strong feel for or when I'm looking at the data, um, and I'm 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 in the crypto market, I feel like we're getting closer to the bottom, or we're at the bottom, and that what I talked about earlier that like that big um, 
rounded bottom that could last maybe for the next, let's say, 8 to 12 months. I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, but those, those next 8 to 12 months, I think, are going to be the best opportunity to buy crypto um, in the next four years. So, you know, if you're wanting to maximize, um, basically maximize your, your, your gains, your, at least your upside, you know, buying when Bitcoin is down 70%, um, Ethereum is down just around 80%, um, Solana hit 90% recently, 92%. So yeah, that's the best time to be, to be buying. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but to me, that's, that's a huge window of opportunity. And so I want to take advantage of it while it does last. Um, so I'm definitely not scared to be like buying down here. Um, but I'm also trying to have patience. So, um, you know, one of the things that I would say would characterize me maybe four years ago was it was like, I thought, I thought the bear market would end just like the bull market ended, right? Like it just, it just tanked when the bull market stopped, everything just started dropping like crazy. And it was like, it was going down just as it started, just as fast as it was going up previously. Um, but time, time would help me understand that bear markets actually take a long time to recover. If you think about it like momentum, um, you know, when the market is going down as fast as it is right now, it's it's almost like it's picking up momentum on the way down. And then it takes a lot of time for that momentum to slow down and for that momentum to, to shift back in the other direction. Um, and that, you know, that's exactly why patience, patience and dollar cost averaging is on our side. So I don't, I don't know if I answered exactly <laughs> the questions you asked, but as, yeah. as far as like what things I'm looking for right now and, you know, um, what's my market sentiment? I think that's a, that's an overall picture. Yeah. I think that to talk about one aspect, it's like in the bull market, you know, I mean, we even, we talked, we talked about some top possible top numbers that most of, yeah. most of them we didn't come anywhere close to, um, given sort of our, our larger macro or larger market situation. Sorry. Um, but it's like, you're trying to think to yourself, how close to the top can I sell? And, and what we just saw is like, that's just like, that's the wrong kind of thinking. Like it just leads you to the wrong spot. And so, um, I think, yeah, the same thing is true at the bottom. I mean, it's like, I think what I was trying to process this weekend, you know, as I'm watching the numbers just continue to decline is like, okay. So there's this, this method of thinking called inversion. Um, it works in a number of areas of life, but charting is one of them that it works really well. So basically, if you take a chart and you're like, oh, man, I feel like we're going to go a lot further down. If yeah. you actually flip the chart on its head or whatever you want to call it upside down, if that were if that were going up, like vertically straight up, you would you ought to be thinking or a mature season thinking would be. I need to start setting some sell targets. This can't do this forever. But for some reason, when it's going down like that, we're like, oh no, you know, maybe 3,000 is in range. Maybe 5,000 is in range. And it's like our thinking doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of work correctly because of the, like, it hits us emotionally, right? It hits me emotionally yeah. when prices fall in that fast. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, shifting into like some, 
I think just some things that that are, that are front and center for us on sort of like like recommendations, ways to sort of act and think in this part of the market. Um, a direct segue from that is we want to buy we want to buy zones. We don't want to buy numbers. And obviously, you're going to buy at a specific price, but um, but we, we want to buy zones. And, and and in theory, it's like the more buys we can get in a zone responsibly again across the four or five year horizon we just set ourselves up to be in a really good spot i mean justin how many times have we talked about when bitcoin hit sixty thousand dollars whether you bought it four thousand or eight thousand you no one just you didn't really care all that much right like it it just doesn't it doesn't matter and if bitcoin does things where we think it's capable of not real worried about whether you bought it 18k or 22k or 25k. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that I've got to keep like going back to uh, in the midst of this is well, two things. It's really easy to move your targets. So so let's say 4 months ago we're saying, "Oh, I really want to buy Solana at $30." And then Solana quickly goes to $30 and it's like, "Oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to wait. I'm going to go I'm going to start buying heavily at $10." <laughs> right? And that works on the way up and on the way down. Um, so even you know, especially when things are dropping, I'm trying to stay centered, say, "Okay, these are the targets where I said I wanted to buy and I've got, you know, a set amount of money that I want to buy with, like I want to execute the strategy that I had in place. Um, but I also, you know, you, you, it's like you got to balance that with like not just jumping in heavily with too much risk um, too quickly and save some dry powder right. for, you know, when things continue to drop more. Right. One of the, I'll um, also oh, say here, I was going to say connected to that, like, this is just kind of a general thing. Sometimes you have to take profits. Sometimes you have to pull money off the table. Do what you need to do, right? But like, um, you know, taking profit is not evil. Uh, you know, whatever. But I do want to tell a quick story um, to mainly illustrate the point of remember we are in a bear market. And and, and here's what I, I'm trying to to point out. So I was fortunate enough, whatever, right place, right time, right thinking, whatever, um, that I ended up buying some Bitcoin at, at 4,700 when it did the sharp correction in March, 2020. Well, that sounds really cool. <laughs> the, uh, the, the less good side of that story is I was walking around in Lowe's looking at things and looking at the chart and decided to sell some of that Bitcoin at fifty four hundred. Uh, that is the the not as fun part of that story, and I don't tell part B as often as I tell part A. If if that if you understand what I'm saying, yeah. Um. So yes, I made a tiny bit of profit, but looking back, I did not buy Bitcoin at forty seven hundred to sell at 5,400, right? Like, it's like, I, I asked myself, like, what was I thinking? I bought some Solana a little bit under $30. I did not buy that to sell at $50. Now, if I need the money, if something happens, it's gone, right? I, I, if my family needs it, it's gone. But you just have to remember what season we are in. Now, if you get up 3X, which 
in a bear market is possible. If you get up 3x, if Solana hits 90 or 100 and you I mean, do what you want to do. But but I just I want to sort of inject, like, remember where we are in the market right now um, yeah. and maybe exercise a little more patience than I did a few years ago. Yeah. Justin, the what easy- application or sort of recommendation were you going to make? Well, I was just going to, you know, jump into trying to like having a having a heavier focus on on Bitcoin uh, primarily, and then um, Ethereum and Solana. I do I do like buying those during a bear market as well. Um, but you've already you kind of alluded to it earlier um, during the bear market. You know, the the mentality in the market kind of shifts, and everyone has this like it's like we all wake up from this brain fog and we realize, oh yeah, this Bitcoin thing is actually. I need. I, I actually need to be stacking Bitcoin, <laughs> and and it's reflected in the numbers. You know that's why you see like, I'm I'm following, like twenty different altcoins right now, just trying to see you know, following their price action. Uh, several of them are down ninety eight percent, from their all time high, of of last year. Bitcoin is not down ninety eight percent. Yeah, it's down seventy percent. Um, I, I will say it's down a lot, but you know the there's a massive difference there, right? And, and it's you just don't want to be you don't want to be holding that stuff all the way down, and you don't even you don't even have to be buying it when it is down ninety eight percent. So I I can't stress enough how important it is to really just focus on the king and the queen, uh, and then you know there'll be other opportunities that come down the line once the market starts recovering where it becomes a safer place to, you know, invest in some other things outside of that. But you don't have to be like chasing altcoins uh, during bear season. That's usually a recipe for disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there, there's a mentality of like, hey, there's a few projects I want to stack mm-hmm. a little like little bits of here and there. And Justin and I do that. Um, there are a few projects we like, and you know we stack a little bits here and there. But yeah, majority of buying right now for me is Bitcoin, some Ethereum, a little bit of Solana. Um, but when Solana's $25, $27, a little bit goes a lot longer way than it did when it was at 200 That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Justin, there was a big recommendation that just a, a this is... A, it's really important that we also wanted to make, and it relates back to your point that you brought out about Celsius, the platform that was facing potential liquidation, users' funds were gonna be at, customer funds were gonna be at risk. What should we do about that as, uh, as, as individual investors? Yeah, for me, um, I, don't, like, I don't keep my funds on exchanges, um, and it has a lot to do with, you know, for that very reason. You know the market drops like this. You know exchanges can get liquidated, um, and your funds aren't actually yours if they're if they're on those exchanges. So, for me, the way I hedge against that is I use hardware wallet, um, and I do use web wallets as well. Um, and it's basically it's it's you'll hear terms like self custody, um, or there's a saying like not your keys, not your Bitcoin. That's another that's another one that goes around often. Um, and it's basically just saying if, if you don't have possession um, of your Bitcoin in a wallet that you have control over the keys, um, you know you're at risk for something um, 
negative happening outside of your control. Uh, and I almost almost every major exchange outside of like Coinbase and maybe like one or two others at some point in the last three years has either frozen all of their withdrawals or they've frozen trading on certain assets or withdrawals on certain assets. So when that happens, if your funds are on those exchanges, you don't actually have control over, over your money. Um, and that can just be a really scary feeling and no one wants to be in that position. So um, that's kind of led me, just watching that play out over the last few years has really led me to, yeah, I want a hardware wallet. Um, Nano Ledger is what I use. And then I have a MetaMask wallet and a Phantom wallet, which are like web browser-based um, wallets where you you still have you know control over over your funds. Yeah, and 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 I'll admit, I mean, if, if this was a sort of a ski lift analogy or a ski slope analogy, using Coinbase is sort of the the green the green slopes. Mm-hmm. Really nice UI, really clean interface. You know, push the buy button; it, it shows up. It it it's sort of hard to make a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get into some of the setting up a ledger nano wallet, I have a couple of them myself. I just got a new one, which I was excited about in a very nerdy way. Um, or web wallets. I mean, you do get into some more intermediate type conditions, right? So there's really good documentation. Um, ledger Nano, uh, Ledger does a really good job with their nano products to provide that documentation. Um, if you're in our Discord or want to join our Discord, that is something we would be happy to walk you through personally. Actually, uh, one of our members just got a uh, Ledger Nano, I don't know, four or five weeks ago. Uh, we set up a phone call. We walked through his, his setting it up, his first you know, sort of sending Bitcoin from Coinbase over to the Nano, made sure everything was set up and in place, and he had his you know, stuff written down is his seed phrase. So again, that is something that um, I, I don't do what you do when you get the, the toy from uh, from Walmart and just like, you know, try to put it together without reading the instructions. This is not the time to do that, but <laughs> it's not impossible. You, you know, you don't have to like learn a new language, but but I, I would signal at least a take some levels of, of sort of, you know, focus and seriousness with this. But again, I mean, I'll underscore this. Um, I was listening to um, someone, a politician actually, speaking recently about the situation in, in Russia and the situation in Canada where assets are being frozen and accounts are being locked down. And he was sort of, he was just basically saying, like, in a real way, Bitcoin fixes this. But that's, like you said, Justin, that kind of comes with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on Coinbase, and I don't, I'm not projecting this to happen, but it's in the realm of possibility. If you're on Coinbase and the government decides they want to freeze all Bitcoin wallets, the government, the the Coinbase would have to do what the government said. Yep. And your account could get locked. I mean, again, I am not projecting that. I'm not a conspiracy person. It's in the range of outcomes. I think what also what also comes to mind as well is situations like what happened on thursday friday and saturday last week they can happen quickly um we the previous week bitcoin was at twenty nine thousand, and fast forward seven days and it's at seventeen thousand eight hundred. and at that point 
once you realize, oh shoot, I probably need to do something, <laughs> you know, you don't have as many options as you would have if you did something, let's say now. Um, yeah. So uh, last point I was going to make is if you buy, um, if you buy a, a, a Ledger Nano hard wallet, which I will recommend and Justin recommends, make sure that you buy it new. So you can buy it on Amazon if you want, or you can just go to Ledger, Ledger's official website. Just make sure you buy it new. Do not buy a used hard wallet. Um, there's some specific reasons on that that are not hard to find if you're looking for why you shouldn't do that. Um, but Justin, anything else you want to say on the matter? No, I think um, the only thing I, I would, I, I don't want to caveat everything, but it, when I was listening to myself after I was done talking, I, I'm not trying to create fear, uncertainty, and doubt uh, around Coinbase. <laughs> I use Coinbase a lot, um, but it's more about kind of like, as you said, the principle of the matter. Like, at the end of the day, I would just rather have control over my funds. Um, I, f I feel better about that. So um, I, rec I recommend Coinbase to a lot of people. And, you know, I I think it's a great, great application, great company. Um, and they're going to be around for a long time. Um, but, right. yeah, I wanted to just clarify that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I... I think very well of Coinbase. I think very well of, of FTX, Gemini, Voyager. I think very well of those companies. So yeah, it's not that's a great that's a great point. And stuff happens, right? I mean, yep. stuff happens. So um, yeah. So yeah, stay safe. Stay safe out there. Protect your assets. Um, you know, if you lose your Bitcoin, you don't have your Bitcoin. So. Uh, bull markets are not fun without your without your assets. Hopefully, this has been helpful, guys and and gals. Uh, again, not trying to strike fear, but want, I just really kind of level set. Want everybody to be prepared and, and thinking through kind of the the situation we have in front of us. So, um, again, hope everybody's able to balance patience with with also urgency to act when we when we have really good opportunities. But um, excited to continue walking this path with you all. And we're looking forward to continuing our Ethereum series coming up later this week. Uh, but for today, uh, for Justin, I'm Brandon. We'll see you all next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.